While the SEC commissioner says he's looking forward to working with the new Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, but should Petiti be all open arms in working with the SEC? You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, and thank you for making us your first listen every single weekday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Our show, as well as shows for almost all all of the schools around the Big Ten, are available as part of our network with shows coming out every single weekday to keep you updated on everything going on with your teams. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Be sure to follow this show wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T E N. Our show today is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So the question today is, should the Big Ten be working with the SEC here? As these two conferences are taking a clear step up on everybody else, what should they do relative to each other? As the SEC says, at least it's looking forward to working with the Big Ten. If you ask me, I don't know if the Big Ten should be so ready to just say, all right, SEC, we'll work with you here in making sure that we are all getting better. But first, let's get into what is bringing this into the headlines. Uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, he was quoted and was, well, just on the broadcast at the uh, SEC baseball championship game. And on that broadcast, asked about the new Big Ten commissioner and working with him. And I want to be very clear here. He wasn't just saying that, hey, I want to work actively with the Big Ten as we get into expansion talks or anything like that, or anything really, anything near that specific. Uh, All that he said was that he had enjoyed working with Petiti in the meetings he had already been in him with and phone calls and things like that, and was looking forward to continuing to work with him. And if you ask me, the context was just that kind of a capacity. In the fact that, hey, I'm a commissioner, he's the commissioner, we're going to be working together. I'm looking forward to doing that, is what I think was really said here by Sankey. There were headlines and stuff of people making it seem like, if at least I thought, they were making it seem like the SEC was saying, hey, let's work with the Big Ten in what's going on in college sports. That's not really what was said here. But it's a good starting off point, so we'll talk about it. What I think is... That if you're the Big Ten right now, you want to do something that's not necessarily keeping your enemies closer, but you definitely want to keep an eye on what the SEC is doing. So I think for a moment, having them at least not be outright explicit enemies is something that's good for the conference. But as a whole here, if I'm looking big picture... I'm thinking that the Big Ten has a chance if at some point this does get to a point where the Big Ten and SEC are competing with one another. I think there's a legitimate chance here that the Big Ten can win that battle. And if that's what it's going to get to at some point, then you have to always be thinking about 
what you're doing independently of the SEC. So I don't think the Big Ten is anywhere near a point where they're saying, hey, SEC, let's collaborate on what we're doing here as conferences. And I don't think the SEC is really anywhere near that point either. But I think both of these conferences right now are at a point where it's kind of a really, really low stakes, mutually assured destruction kind of thing. Where I think both the SEC and the Big Ten realize that whatever the next move is that's being made, it has to be at the very least a move that doesn't put you behind. You have to make a smart move. You have to make the right move here with whatever you're doing next, with whatever schools you choose to bring in with expansion, with whatever you choose to do with your media rights deal, even though the SEC and Big Ten both have theirs pretty well knotted up right now. But whatever is going to happen next around them in the world of college sports, they know that something is going to happen. And somebody is going to have to make the next move as far as bringing more schools in or choosing not to bring more schools in and letting these conferences or put together some sort of giant conference beneath these two teams or beneath these two giants in the SEC and the Big Ten. But those are conversations for another day. I think what these two conferences are realizing is that there is legitimately something here where they think both of them, if it were to get to a battle between the two conferences, would be able to win. I think the Big Ten thinks that it can win that battle. I think the SEC thinks that it can win that battle, and both conferences have reason to believe it. The SEC's been on top for a very, very long time. The Big Ten has the opportunity with more money coming in and to be quite honest, its football teams are peaking at the perfect time to be able to take advantage of that extra money coming in. And they could very easily leapfrog the SEC in just what they're going to be able to do financially, we already know, but what it does on the athletics field as well, too, and the product it puts together. The Big Ten and SEC both have reason to believe that they will win that fight, but I think they both also understand what the risk is in making a move that goes wrong. Because right now you've had nothing but home runs. Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, that's a home run move. USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, that's a home run move too. There's a question mark behind whether or not Washington and Oregon would be a huge home run like USC and UCLA would be. And that's why I think the Big Ten hasn't done it yet. The SEC is the same way. They have schools in the Atlantic Coast Conference that they could go after and try to poach away. But there hasn't been that movement yet. We're at a bit of a standoff right now, it seems. And I really, really do think that these kind of statements where people are saying, I'm looking forward to working with the guys, you understand that you say it because, in this case, Greg Sankey, what's he going to say? Hey, I don't want to work with Tony Petiti. I mean, yeah, they're going to be part of each other's lives. But I, you have to understand that both of these guys, no matter how collaborative it may even get in what they say and what they may start doing, they're always going to be thinking about their individual conferences first. And it's undeniable that right now, everyone has to be thinking about way, way down the road. If you're one of these two conferences, we want to end up on top. Because there's a real possibility, as all of this starts to move into motion here, that there could be just one big super conference way down the road. 
And the Big Ten wants to be that, and the SEC wants to be that. And if I'm the Big Ten right now, I'm saying, no, I, I like our position. So, yeah, we'll play nice for the moment. But once things do start to get competitive, the Big Ten isn't going to be some sort of little brother that says, hey, let's all work together here. No. I think both of these conferences are going to try and take when that situation comes about, if and when. And I think the Big Ten has enough leverage right now, the advantage it's going to get with this money from the media, to really, really be able to make a run at the top spot if that day does come sooner rather than later. But again, this is all more speculation than anything else. And I think the most important thing is to not overplay what Greg Sankey said. He wasn't saying, hey, Big Ten, let's work together and making sure that we're doing the right things for each other while everybody else figures things out. No, he was just saying that, hey, he's a commissioner, I'm a commissioner. We're going to be working together. I look forward to working together like that. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more here about what's going on with Big Ten this fall on the football field. A whole lot that we'll talk about for 5-10 years from now, whenever actually something does happen, or honestly, whenever another rumor comes up. I'm sure we'll discuss it here on the show. But next, we'll get into some predictions for this upcoming football season. Athlon has released its all-conference teams. We already told you on the show the official numbers as to who led the way in the Big Ten. But I'll give you my few takeaways that I had as I looked up and down a long list of all Big Ten players. That's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get into any of that, though, it's the NBA playoffs. The NBA finals are here, heat and nuggets. And now is the perfect time to make a fast break over to FanDuel Sportsbook, where new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. Yeah, that's a different number than before, a bigger one. If you haven't been paying attention, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet that on the NBA Finals. You can bet that kind of money on a future in college football. Bet it on any of the golf that's going on right now. It is prime time betting on golf season with their full rotation into the PGA Tour at the moment. Any sports that you want to bet on, you can do it over at FanDuel. And if you head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on, you can get that no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the number one sports pick in America and official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's continue along with the show here. I want to talk a little bit about the Athlon All-Conference teams released. I want to first preface this by saying I don't put much weight on these All-Conference teams. Uh, there's plenty of these kind of predictions that come out. And out of all of them, Athlon is the one that makes it most obvious, at least to me, just by the pure numbers, that it is trying to make itself aggregated make itself put out across the Big Ten here. Because it puts out not just one, not two, not three, but four all-conference teams for the Big Ten. And that's not just simply offenses and defenses. For instance, the first team all-offense has 13 players on it. They have an like, all-purpose back position on top of all of the normal positions that we know. So the big point here is to get a whole lot of names from a whole lot of different schools out there so that all of the podcasts like this one and a whole bunch of other ones and blogs and things end up talking about it and it works we're going to talk about it here 
but I do just always take that into consideration when I'm going into this because I don't think it really changes what they're putting in here. It's still valuable. It's still something we can talk about. It's not like uh, I really think they're putting people in certain spots just to get the clicks, but it is, uh, again, just a reminder that when you're putting out four full teams of all Big Ten players, you're trying to appeal to everybody. So let's get into things, though, in the nitty-gritty of it. We already gave the official numbers earlier on the show on a previous date. Ohio State led the way with 20 players across the board on these teams. Michigan State, 17. Penn State, 13. Iowa, 12. Illinois, 11. Those were all the schools that got double-digit players here. And I had a couple of notes that I just wanted to highlight as I went up and down this list. If you want to look at the whole list, I'm not going to mention, of course, all the names here. You can go look and see which players from your school made it. But first thing I wanted to note, there's an obvious uncertainty here across, I think, the board in what's going to happen in the Big Ten West, just based off of the numbers that you have here. Because you have a school in Iowa and a school in Illinois, which aren't leading the way as far as who's the odds-on favorite to win the Big Ten West. We talked about FanDuel. Wisconsin right now would be your odds-on favorite to win the Big Ten West. But Iowa and Illinois do have those experienced players. And I do think there's an overall bias here towards players who have experience. They flat out say, Athlon does when they're talking about this, that they also put in how they think these players are going to project out. It's not only about what they've done in the past, but I think when I've looked up at these names in the list, there's been a pretty clear sway towards people who at least played decent Big Ten football already, which I'm fine with, but I, I do kind of see that as I look up and down here. The biggest example of that is the fact that on the second team, all Big Ten, your quarterback is Talia Tungavaloa. Now, I, I'm someone who likes Talia. He's somebody who has proven himself as a guy who can put up big numbers in the Big Ten. And he's going into what will be, I guess, his third year now of being a guy who has always been able to put up those big numbers, but has never been able to put up the consistency to really make Maryland an interesting team in the Big Ten. It's hard to do it over on that side of this conference, but Maryland has never really done it in a big part because... Tungavailuya's numbers have been big, but not necessarily a huge, huge factor in helping them win more football games, I'd say. If he can take a step up here, then sure, he could be the second team all-Big Ten quarterback. And when you look at the list of guys, yes, there is really not that many choices that you could say definitively would go above him. J.J. McCarthy's first team All-Big Ten right now. Tungavelloa comes in second. And then you have uh, Ohio State quarterback, I believe they put McCord in. And then uh, Drew Aller at the fourth team. Guys who just don't have snaps yet. So you see that bias again there. But I'm just, would be much more comfortable saying that Drew Aller is going to be better than Tulia Tungavelloa than I would be betting on Tungavelloa being the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. I would take a guy like Drew Aller than that. I mean, I mean, if it's between Tonga Veloa and somebody else in the field, you're obviously taking the field in that situation. Whether it be one of the transfer quarterbacks that are coming in, one of these new quarterbacks that are taking over at so many of these schools, 
I would be willing to bet that one of them is going to be the second best quarterback in this conference behind J.J. McCarthy. That's just, I think, obvious. So having Tungvaloa at that spot, I think was just, again, maybe giving a nod to the fact that he's been there and has been throwing the ball at Big Ten schools for a really, really long time. But I think he's proven that he just has a ceiling that isn't that kind of high. And somebody else is going to surpass him in this Big Ten football season. I think he could be really good. I think he'd be fourth, third best quarterback in the Big Ten. But to think that he beats out everybody else in the conference outside of J.J. McCarthy is just a little bit too much for me to be able to wrap my head around, I guess. Uh, The other big note I made was that out of this list, Michigan and Ohio State dominate the first team offense. They put five players each on that first team offense out of the 13 total that were on that team. Uh, Quarterback and running backs go Michigan's way, of course, Pass catchers go Ohio State's way. Both teams have multiple players on the offensive line that get this first team nod. It's a dominant offensive talent showing at both of those two schools. And Athlon's sending the message that, at least in their eyes, they think that those two schools are a very good deal of a step above everybody else in the Big Ten as far as offensive talent. Does that mean that it gets them all the wins against everybody else? I don't know, but it certainly worked in recent years. I believe that's all I had. Uh, At the very least, there weren't a lot of risks taken by the people who made this list over at Athlon. As I said, a preference, I think, given to the people who had definitely played before. So if you go and look at Athlon's site, and you can, at all the names and just search for the people at your school, don't be surprised if maybe somebody who you're hoping to have a breakout season is ranked a little lower than you may have expected. It's just something that I think they were smart in doing it's not a a dumb thing to put people who have been out there on the field up top but that's at least a little bias that i saw on the list there let's wrap things up by taking a look at all the news from around the big 10 Uh, this posted by a sports illustrated i believe it was the michigan sports illustrated site but michigan just dominated Big Ten championships this season. According to the Sports Illustrated blog, Michigan won 13 conference championships in the 2022 and 23 season. That's eight more than the next best school in the Big Ten. Michigan always does a really good job there. In NBA news, some Big Ten alumni heading to the NBA in the coaching ranks. Connor McCaffrey is joining the Indiana Pacers staff. He's going to apparently help run the scout team and also work in film study as well with players. And also unfortunate news in the Big Ten. Former Michigan State football coach Denny Stoltz has passed away. He won 126 games in 21 years as the Michigan State head coach. He was the 1974 Big Ten coach of the year. That'll do it here for Locked On Big Ten today. We're going to continue with everything you need to know on what's going on in the Big Ten next time here on the show. Until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten One Zero when you're typing it out at the end, not T E N. It's the same wherever you want to find us on your podcast apps and on YouTube too. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.